It's time for another edition of Family Life Today, presented by Power to Change, known in America as Family Life. Welcome. We trust you'll find today's program interesting and hope it will be a great encouragement to you and your own family situation. So let's join our presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson. So we just had a pretty interesting weekend mm-hmm. with uh, celebrating your dad's life. Oh, yeah. You didn't know I was going to bring that no, up? No, I didn't know that's where you were oh, going. Oh, you are smiling like, oh, we just went on a vacation. Yeah. No, we... Yeah, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, talk we, about your dad. We just had my dad's memorial on his birthday where he would have turned 93. Mm-hmm. So when you say the word dad, we all have different feelings about that. Mm-hmm. I have different feelings about that at different stages of his life and mm-hmm. my life because... At the beginning, it was hard. I would have said I'm not seen. But there was a greatness about my dad in that he was always growing and getting better. And I get teary thinking about it. Hmm. When he was 92, I was reading part of our book to him about parenting. And I read the part where I first started getting to know my dad because when I was younger, he didn't really see me or pay attention to me. And he stopped when I was reading that. And he said, hey, I want you to know. I'm really sorry for that. I'm sorry I didn't see you. Sorry I didn't pay attention to you. I was wrong. And it's crazy because when I was growing up, he never once apologized. He thought it was weak to even say those words. So, I mean, that's, I feel like that's such a great attribute of being able to keep growing and getting better as you get older. Yeah, and today we get a chance to talk a little bit about the power of a father. We've got Cheyenne Blair Lynn in the studio today. You've written a book called Finding My Father. But first of all, we want to say thanks for being on Family Life today. Thanks, thanks for having you. us. Yeah. Been here, right? here, yes. no, yeah, We're to excited to have you. You know, what Ann just said about her dad, uh, he was my high school baseball coach. So I knew him mm. as a, you know, a friend of the the Barons, and then you know it's funny he barred me from the house when I wanted to date her because Dave had of, a very bad reputation. <laughs> oh no! Really? Don't even go into it. Wow. It was it was uh, warranted. I should have been barred from the house, but he didn't know. I just given my life to Christ. But hmm. and again, he was a pretty great father. Like Ann said, there were some obviously negatives. But as I read your book, Blair, about finding my father, I found my story a lot in your story. Hmm. But let's talk. Let's just, you know, here. first do this. Tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do, because I bet I don't even know the half of it. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, we live in Philadelphia. We've been there almost seven years. You know, I was raised in California. I am a poet. I've been writing poetry since I was nine years old, writing gospel-centered poetry since I became a believer, Hmm. um, speaker. Bible teacher. Um, We have three beautiful children, Mm. Sage, Maya, and Ezra. And I have a wonderful husband who's next to me. Wait, and you're an actress. Oh, yes. And I, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that part. <laughs> I did, yes. I, I have. I started acting when I was nine as well. And actually, it's funny because once I became a believer, I did wrestle with acting, whether or not I would continue to do it. Could I honor the Lord with that particular artistic expression? And I wrestled. And so now I've had a few opportunities to go back into it just as a believer and work on some projects with other believers. Mm. So I'm really excited. I'm excited to explore. How did you two meet? We met in Long Beach, California. So we we both were invited to an event and we kind of met in passing. And after that, we kept getting invited to different events around the country and just kind of kept running into each other and speaking on panels and things like that. But we got invited to the same conference and 
I got to really see her do her poetry, I think really live for the first time and was just blown away. Was just blown away by the Christ centeredness mm-hmm. of it and um and just the the passion for the Lord Jesus. It was funny because when I saw Shy, actually he was teaching on Christ and just the gospel centeredness it struck me so much. Yeah. How, how many years been married? Twelve years. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I didn't realize when Ann and I got married was my relationship or sort of a broken relationship with my father. I didn't have any understanding of the depth that I was carrying baggage of that into my new marriage. And Mm -hmm. I mean, this 41 years later, Mm -hmm. there's still baggage. So let's hear your story a little bit, because I'm guessing you brought some of that, both of you, you know, into, into your marriage just like we did. Yeah. So, you know, my story is I was raised by a single mother. Um, she raised my sister and I and moved us to Los Angeles from Michigan uh, when I was three years old. What part of Michigan? Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> and we struggled. You know, my dad uh, lived in Chicago, so he was thousands of miles away. And so I would have a relationship with my dad. If you could call it a relationship, it was really phone conversations maybe a few times each year. There might be some years where I didn't hear from him, but it was just over the phone. And I remember as I began to grow older, I just longed for something more. I longed to really know my dad. I wanted to be known by him. And even at nine years old or so, I thought, I just really want to speak and and share with him, like, that his absence is impacting my life in many ways. At that time, it was only really relationally that I saw. It wasn't until I got older and realizing, well, wait, you know, the struggle with not being able to have much. We moved 25 times, you know, from that first move to Los Angeles until I was able to get my own apartment. 25 Um, times. 25 times, Hmm. you know, so shelters, sleeping over at other people's homes, you know, my mom just scraping to get by. And she really did try to give us the best life that we could. Started me acting at nine and, you know, different classes and getting headshots and all of these on-camera acting classes and things. But we were living above our means, you know. Mm. We, We really couldn't afford that. And then as I began to get older, I realized... I really am struggling with my identity. I don't know who I am. Um, I didn't have my father there to speak life to me. My dad was very kind. So when we did talk over the phone, he would say little things like, stars don't need no polish. They always shine. Mm. You know, so he would, in his way, try to encourage me. But he was dealing with his own issues and, you know, his own things as well. And So at nine... Were you angry that he wasn't there? Like, what were some of the emotions that you faced, even as a young girl? Right. I wouldn't say I was angry. You know, it's interesting because sometimes when you don't realize what you have, (laughs) even though there's a loss there, you can't really put your finger on, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what that means for you. It wasn't until I was really 18, honestly, where I realized, like, wait, okay, guys are expressing interest. I don't even know what to look for in a guy. You know, I don't really know who I am. I'm struggling in all these ways. And that's when I've had my first conversation with him where I just laid it all out there and said, I've been afraid for almost 10 years to speak to you and share with you that you being absent is impacting me and I'm really hurt by it. And he told me, he says, you know, I've been afraid too. I haven't had my dad in my life. You know, not that that's an excuse, but just like I I don't really know what I'm doing myself. I think him expressing his own pain and his own 
broken. His own fears and burdens. It just caused me to say like, oh, well, he's just as broken as I am. Mm -hmm. He's just as needy as I am. Mm -hmm. Um, It helped me to see that the very thing that I was trying to get from him, he really didn't have it to give. And where was your faith at that time? It was only maybe three years later that I actually came to Christ. Someone shared the gospel with me very clearly. Mm. And that's when I put my faith in and my trust in Jesus for the first time. And then I started to realize, well, wait, God can be a father to me. But that came, I think, a little later in that I looked at God almost through the lens, I think, of my pain and brokenness. So, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, God has forgiven me. He's here's God. He's holy. I'm unworthy. He's forgiven me of my sins. Praise be to God. But I didn't see, well, wait, and he's a loving heavenly father who lavishes me with his care and love. And, you know, he wants to be this father to me. It took me time to get there. It took me really spending time in the scripture versus looking at it just through the lens of, man, my own dad doesn't seem to really want to have this relationship with me. How could God want this relationship mm-hmm. with me? Was that a uh, hard transition? This could be for you, Shai, as well, because, you know, I know that we often, and you're talking about it right now, we project onto our Heavenly Father what we believe about our earthly father. We don't even know we're doing it. But mine was always, because he was never there, mm-hmm. I struggle with God's presence, you know, people mm-hmm. say God's with you. I'm like, hey, what's that mean? I don't, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read it, I see it. It's true scripturally, but I don't, I don't sense it. So that was my sort. I had to get over. No, the your heavenly Father really is literally right here. Mm-hmm. Was there anything you struggled with in terms of that? Not necessarily his presence. No, I think because of my background, actually was quite emotionally based. So it wasn't the emotion. It was the love. Mm-hmm. It was. God has pursued you. He loves you with an Mm. everlasting love. It's not based upon anything that you've done. You know, you like, you know, and if you sin, he's not going to snatch it away. Because I think oftentimes as a child, even when it comes to our earthly father, we center ourselves around. Like the reason my dad is not here, it must be something wrong with me. Yeah. Mm. I must have done something to disappoint him. And maybe if I fix myself or get myself together, hmm. then he'll stay. And so, you know, it can kind of send us into this perfectionism and wanting to please. And so it was the same way with God. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to please him, which we should want to please God. But in that works-based way, you Not know. Not to have to perform for his love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Shai, what about you? What's the story of your dad? Yeah, so I grew up also in a single-parent home. My mom raised myself and my older sister, and my dad was around um, periodically. So it, it was pretty sporadic throughout my, my youth. Over time, it became a kind of thing where I would have to pursue him mm-hmm. um, if we were going to interact. And I think as I got older, I began to resent that and to resent him. By the time I was later in my teens, 17, 18, I was angry. I was, I was furious at my father for not being there. And, and, and I think the older I got, the more I recognized the different deficits and the things that I would have liked to have known, but yeah. didn't because I didn't have a dad there to, to teach me those kinds of things. And, um, and so I had a lot of bitterness and, and rage towards my dad. And I was also converted as, as an early adult. Um, so 24 years old, brand new Christian, the world just seeing everything through new eyes. And, 
and I, I realized very early on that I needed to forgive my dad. And so at that point, we hadn't spoken for a decade. Hmm. Um, and so I reached out to him one day as a new believer and said, can we talk? And and so I went to his house and I think I I had built it up in my mind like it was just going to be this kind of <laughs> climactic moment. We were going to embrace. He was going to ask for forgiveness. I was going to share the gospel. He was going to get saved. It was going to be, <laughs> this this like, going to be this great. This is good. It's like a Hallmark movie. <laughs> exactly. And Soundtrack behind it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Chariots of Fire. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You know. <laughs> but, yeah, when, when I met up with him, uh, he was very kind of matter of fact about mm-hmm. it. And I asked, said, you know, why? Why weren't you around? And he said, you know what? My dad wasn't there when I was growing up. And so kind of did the same thing. Basically, you got to get over it. After that, I didn't talk to him again for another seven years. Really? After that. Yeah. And so it was a just a process of just struggling, trying to trying to forgive him. Were you more that. angry with him after that? or? No, I wouldn't say I was more angry. I think it was just more, more deflated, yeah. maybe. But seven years later, I was at a coffee shop and there's a guy in front of me and he turns around and it's my dad. No way. Mm-hmm. You had he no idea. Had no idea. Next time I saw him was at my grandmother's funeral. His mom died. And so, yeah, we, we, we've never been able to connect relationally even up, up to this day. It's been very difficult. Mm-hmm. Is there a deficit you feel still or is it something that God's healed or is healing I, I definitely still feel it. Really? So here I am in my 40s. And, and you know, there, there's an example of I did an internship at, at a church in Washington, D.C. And I was with the other interns and we were doing uh, one of the sessions was on budgeting and finances. And as the instructor is kind of going through different things, these are things that I'm hearing for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm in my 30s and I'm just being blown away. Like, wow, this like, this is amazing. I turned to one of one of my fellow interns and I'm like, this, are, you, are you getting this? Like, this is great. And and he's like, my dad taught me this when I was a kid. And I was just like, ah, mm. you know. And so even going into marriage, there was a lot of trepidation, just feeling like, man, am I even ready for this? You know, mm. there's, there's so much lack uh, throughout the years. Um, but God has been really gracious in, in providing members from our church, mm-hmm. our local church, um, to See. kind of help fill in those gaps. So one of the things that we did uh, when we were dating was we went on basically like a tour, <laughs> like <laughs> a couple's tour where we would just go, go to different couples' houses and just find out, okay, just talk to us. Tell us everything. Like, what, what, what have you been doing? What, what, what works? What doesn't idea. work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the church we were at was just really, it was just great. There was so many godly couples that we could, that we could glean from. And mm-hmm. so that, that was, that was really helpful for us. Yeah. I think sometimes even when we think about our spiritual adoption, we think about God becoming our father, but we forget that we have a family in the church as well, mm-hmm. um, that this is what we've been given as as believers. And it has been a huge blessing yeah, to have so many people that we can pull on. I mean, based on both of your experiences, what do you say to a person possibly listening right now? I'm sure a lot that grew up without a dad. But they had the same experience that you had, I had. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're struggling with that deficit. What do you say to them? Yeah, I would say I think that the Lord does heal us. Of course, we're being sanctified. It's a process. 
I would say, for one, it's so important for you to understand who is your God, who is this father who longs to father you and spend time in the scriptures getting to know him. You know, he is the one from whom all fatherhood, all the families derive their name, it says in Ephesians 3. And that actually, that scripture was transforming for me mm-hmm. because I realized, well, wait, fatherhood, it doesn't start with man. It actually begins with God. Like he's the one who defines yeah, fatherhood because he's the first father. And so I think spending more time and seeing, okay, when he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, when he says his promises to you, this is different. It's not the same as the broken promises you may have received from your earthly father. So I think starting there is important. I think also seeing, Lord willing, that the church would be a refuge to the fatherless. I see so many scriptures where God tells us to have a heart for the fatherless. Sometimes we think of the fatherless as the orphan, but it's like the person who doesn't have their father. <laughs> There are many even single parents, you know, or, or children who are being raised by single parents who are right in your pew. And maybe you have had a wonderful father who's talked to you about, you know, many different things. Maybe you can pour into that person who's mm. right there in your pew. Mm. Or if you are the fatherless child, seek out those who, you know, godly men who are around you or those you see being fathered like we did and like we're doing, you mm. know, to say we don't have this all figured out. You know, it's not like... Okay, you know, it's it's not the prosperity gospel in the sense of like, once you come to Christ, your whole life is going to be, you know, vim, 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 you know, everything's going to be great. It's like, no, we're working, we're growing in our sanctification, we're becoming more like our father as days go on. And then also knowing like forgiveness, it's a process, it takes time. Sometimes we have to forgive over and over again, Mm -hmm. especially if our parents are still near to us. Those wounds can be opened again and again. And so sometimes even when we think about forgiveness, we think it's this one and done. And no, you know, you need to forgive again (laughs) at times. Yeah, I think those are a few things that I think of that might be helpful. And then come to your mind, Chad, because I know that I was in my 30s. Before I forgave my dad, Mm -hmm. I think I was in my late 20s when I started the healing process. Well, and a lot of it was because I remember him, our kids were playing on the floor, but Dave looked at them and he said, how could my dad leave me Mm -hmm. at that age? And Mm -hmm. so I think it began began this process, Mm -hmm. but I think a lot of listeners have never started that journey Mm -hmm. and you both not only started it, but as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, wow, you've been through almost uh, complete healing. Not that it's mm-hmm. ever complete, mm-hmm. but it really is. So, I'm, I'm I, again, I'm thinking that listeners like, I'm, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. Or but, where do I begin? Yeah. What, what do you think, Shai? I think recognizing the deficit that it's there, mm-hmm. um, because I, I think what we can can do is try to paper over it, yeah. act like it's not there, try to deny it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just just to be very honest with ourselves and say, you know what? It's there and it exists and, and I need to look to the Lord to, to begin to, um, to heal those, those wounds. And, and our God is a healer. Um, he, he knew exactly what he was doing when he placed us in the, the different family situations that we ended up in. And, and God in his mercy and in his kindness desires to be the father that's far beyond any earthly father that we could ever imagine. So ultimately we have to, 
acknowledge the deficit, look to him, and prayer is going to be a very big part of this. And mm-hmm. just being very honest before God and just crying out mm-hmm. to him. Um, and ultimately, uh, the healing comes through looking to Christ and trusting in him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so beautiful just to think we can be honest with God. <laughs> He knows it already, right? We don't have to put on airs. Mm. We don't have to pretend. We can be honest and we can share, this is how I'm hurting. Here's where my pain is. This is overwhelming, you know, or I don't know what to do. Or Or I'm um, angry. Or Mm. I'm angry, Mm. absolutely. Or I can't forgive right Mm. now. And I think in our honesty, that's where... When we confess that to the Lord, we find true healing and help. And freedom. And freedom, Mm. absolutely. And it takes away the shame. There can be shame related to not having your dad. Mm. You know, and Christ says, you know, I'm taking that away. You know, like, this doesn't have to reside here Mm. anymore because I'm here. Yeah. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. We hope you've been encouraged by what you've heard and we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at radio at powertochange.org.au. Our website is families.powertochange.org.au where you can check out articles and many other resources on marriage and family well-being. Until tomorrow at the same time, God's richest blessings on your family. Music